This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Verdict. Episode 8. Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Interview dated Monday, February 1st, 2021. Time is precisely 9.02 a.m. at Harrisburg Juvenile Correctional Facility. Inmate Christopher Hawthorne is present and is aware of this interview being recorded. All signatures required for release have been obtained. So how you doing? I'm okay. Listen, I want to pick up where we left off when I saw you last. I know this isn't easy. I know this is the secret you've been dying to keep. But I need to talk about your relationship with Duchesne. We didn't have a relationship. We were friends. (sighs) Okay. Here's the issue with all that. See, we know there was someone else there when Duchesne was murdered. Police are reopening the investigation since, well, they now have evidence to suggest your confession was a total fabrication. And honestly, they're losing patience with the fact that you're still sticking with a story that everyone knows is a lie. You turn 18 in six days. By the time they come in here and see you, all of your rights and protections as a minor will be gone. And this whole soft approach thing you've been getting from me, it'll be over. They're going to tear your story apart, piece by piece, until they get to the truth. And I know I said this when we met, but the question still remains. Do you want the story to come from them, or do you want it to come from you? I told it. You can control the narrative here. But you gotta tell me the truth. I did. If you don't, it'll get spun into whatever makes the best clickbait. And I'm telling you now, you're gonna get sold off as the lonely church kid consumed by a predatory homosexual crush on everybody's favorite high school football captain. Who, in the face of rejection, orchestrated his murder. Chris, come on. We know you are in love with him. We know none of this ever had anything to do with Shannon. We know it was premeditated. We know you tried to warn him. So we know you knew this was going to happen before the night of the murder. We don't believe for a second that you killed him. But we know you know who did. I've been doing this a while now, Chris. And I know the difference between psychopathy and rage. You are not a killer. But you're extremely angry. And you have every right to be. 
he was your person. And he was taken away long before it was ever time. <laughs> I loved him. I know. <laughs> he loved me. I never meant for this to happen. I know. I didn't hurt him. I didn't. I know. I tried to warn him. I tried to get him to get away, but... I tried to stop it from happening, but he wouldn't listen. I wanted to stop it, but I couldn't. I tried. <laughs> but I couldn't stop it. He's gone because of me. No. He's dead because of me. Chris. So I don't want you to stop it. I don't want you to save me. I don't want to be here anymore. I just want to be gone. I'm, I'm done. Chris, do you really believe this was your fault? Of course it was my fault. You didn't kill him. But I'm the reason he's dead. How is that possible? If I'd never loved him, he couldn't have loved me back. Jesus, Chris. I could have gotten up out of here and gone on with his life. Maybe I never would have made him what we were. Still be here. Chris, you didn't make him what he was. You didn't make you what you are. None of this is a choice. We are what we are. All of us. That's the point. I am what I am. And God made me an abomination so that I could be tested. No. I mean, made me the son of a pastor. I mean, growing up in church, I mean, teaching scriptures. Chris, this is not your fault. I had everything I needed to put me on the right path. But you can't choose or change what you are. I was tested. And I failed. I was too weak to make it right. But this is not about weakness or strength. You didn't fail any test. You were perfect all along. Both of you. If we were so perfect, God never would have allowed any of this to happen. Chris, I know you were raised a certain way. Yes, ma'am. You were raised on a certain set of beliefs about what is good and right and what is wrong. Right and wrong isn't about what I believe. It just is. But you were also raised to believe that in the face of right and wrong, there is only one judge, one jury, and one executioner. That's absolutely right. And I understand that based on the teachings by which you were raised, you believe that in the eyes of God, you are guilty of a crime. But 
in the eyes of the state, you are not guilty of the crime for which you have confessed. You did not kill him, Chris. But someone did. And I know you know who they are. I need you to tell me now, Chris. I need you to tell me who. I need you to tell me how. And I need you to tell me why. Chris, you are safe. I will protect you. But you have to tell me the truth. Time's up. Verdict will be right back after a word from our sponsors. And now we continue with Verdict. I will protect you, but you have to tell me the truth. Time's up. You never liked the fact that I was friends with his son. Devon? Even when we were little, I knew he didn't like me. Maybe he could see what I was. I don't know. Well, one day, he told the Shane he didn't want us hanging out anymore. So we started sneaking around. So you could spend time together? Yes, ma'am. As friends? Yes, ma'am, at first. How old were you at the time? Thirteen. Okay. But the whole thing was like a game to us. How to hang out without his parents ever finding out. His mother felt the same way? She did whatever Devon told her. Okay. Then, for no reason, I started lying to my family about seeing him, even though they had no problem with us being friends. Why did you do that? I don't know. It's just part of the game, I guess. Hmm. And then it just kept going to where we were lying to teachers and coaches and friends. All so we could spend time together without anyone knowing. I think something about the secrets and going behind everyone's backs. It turned you on. I just mean it was exciting for you both to have what felt like a little power and control for a change. Yeah. It's just... We got pulled around in every direction by everybody in our lives, and we found a way where they couldn't get to us. So, at what point in all the excitement of running around behind your parents' backs, did this game of chase become romantic? Did either one of you specifically initiate it? No, I mean, it just kind of happened. What I mean is, did one of you say to the other, hey man, I realized I got feelings for you, or was it more like... And like I said, it kind of just, just kind of happened. Forgive me. I'm not looking for gossip here. 
I'm just trying to wrap my head around how you made the leap from being childhood friends to a couple. <clears throat> Why are you laughing? Nothing, nothing. I, uh, well, I'm sorry. I owe you an apology. For what? I just realized I wouldn't be asking you that question if one of you were a girl. So I apologize. Like you say, it just happened. Just like it does. So where does Duchesne's father come into play? He caught us. How? He followed us. Where? Out to the woods. Daytime or night? Day. Was it a Tuesday around lunchtime? Yeah. Is this where you would normally go at that time? Yes, ma'am. Is this the same spot in the woods where Duchesne was later murdered? Yeah. And so Devon followed you out there. What happened when he saw you? What did he see? Were you having sex? No, but we were, you know. Did he say anything? Nothing. What did he do? He just stood there, staring at us, like he'd been cut in two. Okay, then what? What did you guys do? Froze. Honestly, didn't know if he might have just killed us both right there, but he just walked away. So what happened after that? Deshane ran after him. I heard them arguing for a minute, and then they got in the car and drove away. Deshane stopped talking to me in school after that. How long was this before Deshane was murdered? A couple weeks. So, what happened in between the moment he caught you two together and the moment Duchesne was murdered? A few days later, after he caught us, I was coming out of class, leaving school, and he was waiting for me. Devon or Duchesne? Devon. He was in the parking lot by his car. He told me to get in with him. And did you? Yes, ma'am. Why did you do that? I was worried he might make a stink right there, and I didn't want him to. You were protecting your secret? Yes. Okay. So you get in the car. What happens next? He starts driving. Did you know where he was taking you? He wasn't taking me anywhere. He just drove around. And what did he say? He didn't say a word for a while. Just stared at the road. Just pure rage talking to himself. Did you hear what he was saying? He just kept saying, Ain't no son of mine. Stuff like that over and over. But if that's the thing, he wasn't talking to me. 
He was talking to himself. Did you say anything back? Ask him what was going on? Anything like that? No. I was just praying he'd let me out of the car. How long did he keep you there? I guess we drove around like that for about 30 minutes before he pulled over. And what happened when he stopped the car? He sat there for a while. Another few minutes, I guess. Just breathing straight fire. Did he let you go? No, he started talking. What did he say? He told me I was going to have to make this right. He said he was never going to let his son get taken to hell by a faggot like me. He told me he was going to tell the world what we were if I didn't do what he said. He said he was going to destroy my family the way I destroyed his. And what did he tell you to do? Take the blame. For? For what he was about to do. For murdering his son. Verdict will return in a moment. And now, back to Verdict. What did he tell you to do? Take the blame. For? For what he was about to do. For murdering his son. So, how did that actually happen? He knew about the party. Deshane had told him he was going to go. And he knew he was taking Shannon. He told me to go to the party late and make a scene so that people could see about him being there with her and then just leave. I left the party and went to Deshane's house. I knew I'd get there before he did because he'd have to drop Shannon home and it's a long way out of town to get back. I was waiting on him on the porch steps when he got back. I was crying, but I put it down to being upset about her fight. I told him I was sorry. Asked him to come out to the woods with me. What time was this? One in the morning, I guess. Go on. I, uh, I asked him if we could take his father's truck because uh, it had been raining and I was worried about getting my car stuck. Was that true? No, ma'am. So why did you want to take Devon's truck? Because Devon was lying in the back. I barely said a word all the way out there. I think he was trying to tell me about taking the offer from Tulane, but I wasn't hearing a word of any of it. All I wanted in the world was to pull the truck in a traffic and kill the son of a bitch in the back. <laughs> 
couldn't do it. So what happened when you got to the woods? I parked his truck, shut off the lights, and we got out. It was dark. I couldn't see a thing but for the moon. I never heard Devon move or get out of the truck. We just started walking out to where we'd always go. I remember he, uh, he kept saying he was sorry. He was ending things. Last thing I remember him saying to me was, this has to be goodbye. <laughs> I kissed him goodbye and that was it. How was that it? When I kissed him, Vaughn came up behind him and cut his throat. I never wanted this. He didn't deserve to die. It shouldn't have been me. Chris, there's going to be a new investigation. And in all likelihood, there's going to be a trial this time. So for now, I want you to know that I'm going to recommend you be released. What? At least until the new trial begins. What? No, I... Until then, you'll be assigned to the custody of your parents. No! I have to pay for what I did. Chris, you should have been protected, and you weren't. I told you I'd protect you if you told me the truth. That is what I'm doing. No, you can't. Chris... You're going home. On the next episode of Verdict. This is not an interview. All we want to do is talk. You have his killer in custody. There's no such thing as open and shut. No case is won until the killer's in the ground. We had a difference of opinion. Take it y'all haven't spoken since. I got nothing to say to him. None of that never needed to happen that way. So, you didn't know. Don't play games with me. And you must want justice more than everyone put together. Why are the two of you sitting here telling me my own life story? That's what I meant when I say I want justice. Not just caught, finished. Verdict is a Cavalry Audio original production. Presented in partnership with iHeartMedia. Produced by Brandon Morgan and Casey Wayland. Written by Sam Scott. Directed by Casey Wayland. Executive produced by Dana Brunetti and Keegan Rosenberger. Casting by Eisenberg Beans Casting. Recorded at Unison Music in Los Angeles. Starring... Steph Tolev as Abigail Kaplan. Samuel Parker as Chris Hawthorne. And I'm Michael Swan. Editing and sound design by Michael Dean Wilkins. Mastering by Victoria Cheng. Post-production supervisor, Victoria Cheng. Script supervisors, Joey Jordan and Michael Dean Wilkins. Thank you for listening to this Theater for the Mind.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.